dangerous boy! Oh, well. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> the following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We are at Minute 2 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you this evening? Brad, I'm feeling like a mighty Flash. Uh, Continuation of the previous minute... A lot more Queen, a lot more panels from uh, the old Flash Gordon comic strip, more stock footage, and more flashing cards letting you know what terrible stuff is occurring. Actually isn't a whole lot in this minute. Like I say, it's a bit of a continuation. We're definitely pretty deep into seeing all the names. Uh, One thing that popped out at me is that Brian Blessed's name came across the screen, and that just made me so happy. Definitely the most popular actor to appear in this movie. Just for for this movie, the people love him. In a movie filled with over-the-top, scenery-chewing performances and crazy, colorful characters, he just was just ahead above everyone else. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We sort of said yesterday, this is a movie that makes me smile a lot. It just makes me happy. Thinking about Brian Blessed is like, oh, that's right. Brian Blessed, that's just... There's just two things from this minute. First off, makes me happy whenever I think of Brian Blessed. And also, I have the Flash Gordon theme song stuck in my head for hours after watching this minute. It's like, wow, that, that is unbelievably catchy. Yeah, I've I've had the song stuck in my head since we, you and I agreed to do this podcast. I cannot get this song out of my head for weeks and weeks and weeks now. This was probably easy for the guys in Queen to do. I don't think... This was them really challenging themselves. Brian May and Freddie Mercury and the rest of Queen are so unbelievably talented that the stuff that they throw out is just their throwaway stuff is brilliant. We get our first real awesome Brian May riff of the movie, and there's a lot of them in this in this movie. We get the first one here the, the, after one of the flash ha-ahs. We get that, that that is just the classic Brian May sound. What's interesting with Queen is because Freddie Mercury was such an amazing talent and such a flamboyant, over-the-top lead performer and so charismatic, you forget how good Brian May is. It never even occurred to me what an incredible guitarist he was until I think it was Live Aid or some benefit concert. I think it was one of the first things Queen did after Freddie Mercury passed away. Brian May performed with a handful of different singers, including David Bowie. You know, Bowie had a great relationship with, uh, or an important relationship with Queen. And also, he also performed with Liza Minnelli, of all people. Well, there's a mix. It was. <laughs> but, man, Brian May just knocked it out of the park and just this incredible performance. and such a great guitarist and not a guy who I think gets, necessarily gets enough credit because there's just so many crazy things happening when you see Queen perform. You forget, oh, by the way, there is an immensely talented musician going on as well yeah when i when i saw them live because 
there was no Freddie Mercury. Brian May was really the focal point. With using a different singer now, he's become sort of the main guy. He's the one who goes, walks out into the extension of the stage, and he's the one that gets the spotlight more. And obviously, Freddie Mercury used to play that role. So with him gone, Brian May is now the main focus, at least when they uh, when they play live. It's, it's really his band now. Yeah. Thank God it is. Thank God you have a personality strong enough to sort of step up. Those are big platform shoes to fill. Damn, Freddie Mercury was quite a dresser. <laughs> I want to I want to analyze some of the lyrics of this song that we hear in this minute here too. He's at one point he's called King of the Impossible. That's one of the descriptions we get for Flash here. You know, that's a lot to live up to. You know, I mean, he's a miracle. He saved every one of us. Yeah, all right, but King of the Impossible. I, that's that's a lot. That's that's very aspirational. How much do you know about Queen's involvement? Were they Flash Gordon fans? Uh, I know that originally Dino De Laurentiis was thinking of Pink Floyd, and I, for whatever reason, didn't get him. I don't know what the reason why it was. And then it was suggested to him, well, there's this band Queen. Dino De Laurentiis had no idea who were and actually said, who are the Queens? <laughs> <laughs> when Queen was approached, they said, basically, they looked at it as, wow, you know, at this point, this is, you know, this is 1980, so maybe it's 1979 that they're getting approached. Rock bands were not doing this kind of soundtrack, where they had the whole soundtrack to themselves to do what they wanted to do. And so they looked at it as, wow, this is really something unique and special that we can do. They were shown, I don't know if they were shown the script, or they were shown uh, 20 minutes of footage or something like that, and they immediately like, oh, this is perfect, yes, we're, we're all in, let's do this. Definitely a pretty unique idea, and I'm trying to think of other cases where that has been done, where they just give a performer or band a soundtrack. doesn't happen too often anymore. The music industry's changed, so you don't have those sort of those performers that will move soundtrack units. I'm racking my brain. I know, remember the first Batman movie, the first Tim Burton Batman movie, the soundtrack was from Prince. But, it's, but it also had the Danny Elfman score. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're right. This is different where it's it's queen it's top to bottom queen the only one i can think of is superfly by curtis mayfield that's a good one really drawn a blank otherwise i remember and again it's sort of like with the 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 batman where you have like the album soundtrack where it's songs from a performer and then you actually also had the orchestral soundtrack similar um the first iron man movie it was really pushed hard that they had a lot of music from acdc but it was, then it was but that was still just like a great almost like a greatest hits album. Yeah, it wasn't new music for the movie. I remember Back in Black I think was on uh, that soundtrack. Which was still interesting whether they were just pushing this soundtrack and even that was 10 years ago when they still thought they could move some sound units and no longer in that age. All right, so again we see uh, a lot more credits. Yeah, we've got Dan- Danilo Donati. I don't know if I'm getting his name right or not, but it's interesting. He this Danilo Donati, if I'm mispronouncing it or not, sorry. Uh, he did production design, costume design, and set design. That sounds... I don't know how common it is to do costumes and production sets. That I, These days, I don't think you ever would see that. I looked him up on IMDb. He mostly did Italian movies, so I've seen very little that he did. He also did production and costume design for the immortal classic Red Sonia, if you remember that one. Jeez. <laughs> Once upon a time, they thought Brigitte Nielsen was going to be a star and Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be a supporting player. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, and he did the costume designs for Caligula. Okay, kids, don't look that up. Right. 
Remember, we're keeping this show PG thirteen, so I I, all, I barely could even say the word Caligula to get uh, to get this onto our show. True story. A little bit embarrassing. Um, when I was seventeen, I got a job at a video store. Kids, I'm sorry, you don't know what that even means. <laughs> Once upon a time, instead of Netflix, you actually had to go to a place and rent VHS tapes. God, I feel so old. Picture it, kids, like the red box machines, but. It was a big store with people working there. We would get movies in all the time and we get older movies. And there would be a thing where they they would buy overstock from other video stores. A movie that showed up, Caligula. And I was like, oh, what's this? And it, it, it was a professional looking packaging and it didn't match what we were used to. That would be in the, like, the back dirty room. I was like, oh, what's this? And the poor woman uh, who I was working with, who was a mother of three and very nice, a little older, she's like, oh, do I have to explain this to you? <laughs> just send it to the back. Just send just you know, like, why do I have to? It's like, oh, give it to me. And, she, and of course, I was 17, so I wasn't allowed to go into the back room. This poor housewife that got some part-time work to give her some fun money had to, like, go into the to the dirty room. <laughs> All right, so uh, what what else popped out at you from this minute? We also get the director of photography, uh, Gil Taylor, and this guy's a big deal. He did Star Wars, he did A Hard Day's Night, he did Dr. Strangelove, The Omen, he did one of my favorite Hitchcock movies, Frenzy. We were talking about the budget on yesterday's show. Good chunk of that might have gone to him. It's like, yeah, well, we want to have that really good director of photography, so we'll just use some stock footage here. That's okay. <laughs> and, you know, it's easy to make fun of the stock footage because it is it does feel a little ridiculous, but it, it fits. The stock footage fits this movie. Yeah, it does. Sure. Uh, we also might be suffering from we're a little too aware of stock footage now, but there's a reason they have stock footage. They needed it, and it, they use it pretty frequently because if you were going to show a building blowing up, you actually had to blow up a building. Yeah, there was no CGI. It was probably a wise decision to make. Any other really cool people that popped up? Uh, Credit-wise, no. Uh, you know, I know they obviously showed a lot of the actors, but we'll, we'll get into the actors, I think, more as, we, as they start popping up on the screen. There was one other thing about the song I wanted to point out, though. He's got this line that, for years, I had absolutely no idea what he was saying. When, when he starts doing the faster stuff. He's for every one of us, stand for every one of us. He saved with a mighty hand, every man, every woman, every child with a mighty flash. For the longest time, I could not figure out what Freddie was saying. It's interesting, when I Googled the lyrics and I wrote it down, so he says he's for every one of us, and then he says stand for every one of us. He, he took the S off. And so he didn't say stands for every one of us, stand for every one of us. And then he says he saved with a mighty hand. So Freddie's doing some wacky grammar in that sentence, which might have contributed to my confusion for so many years. He's sort of bending backwards. The lyrics are not foremost on Freddie's mind in this song, with this song. He's, <laughs> he was probably a little mad that he's like, can't I just say Flash uh-uh a few more times? That's really what people are here for. They just want to hear that part. This is The rest this is just filler to get us to the next chorus. This is a song you actually forget that it has lyrics. You're just so excited about that flash. Uh-uh. Right, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, there's not a whole lot in this minute. Thank you for calling that out. Do you have anything else? Full disclosure, people, we're a little light on this minute. If you watch the minute, you know there's not much to it. It did make us think, though. We've got this movie, Flash Gordon. We've got this song, Flash, this classic song. And it made me think of other movies that have their theme song that is also the same exact name of the movie. Okay, fine, it's Flash, Flash Gordon, not literally the same, but... The judge will allow it. Yeah, yeah, thank you, yes. It's just, you know, Eclipse's last name. We all still know what's going on. 
this is just one movie nerd's top ten songs that fit that category, which number one is indeed Flash. So this is really two through ten. Uh, I actually just mentioned one of them, Superfly by Curtis Mayfield. Love that song. You gotta have the classic Ghostbusters. Who doesn't love Ghostbusters? Then Revenge of the Nerds. I genuinely enjoyed the theme song to Revenge of the Nerds. Interesting movie. A movie that uh, has not aged well from a morality standpoint. Yeah, there's some questionable actions in the second half of that movie. Those nerds are a little bit rapey. Just a touch. Another movie that could not get made today. Live and Let Die. Uh, Bond, of course, every Bond movie starts with... I'm not a big Bond fan, but I'm a Paul McCartney fan, so I love Live and Let Die. Another Bond song, A View to a Kill. That's the Duran Duran one. Oh, that's a fun song. Duran Duran is one of those... They're a bad band with some really good songs that you can't help yourself. <laughs> uh, here's a little, little curveball one here. Uh, I like the song 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. I'm a Dolly Parton fan. Really? Oh, yeah. Here You Come Again, that is an amazing song. Dolly Parton, because just her entire presence is so ridiculous and over the top, <laughs> you just forget how good a singer she is. Yeah. I Will Always Love You, perhaps best known as a... Um, Whitney Houston song, that's that's a Dolly Parton song, and she wrote that, and it is a beautiful song, and uh, I, I prefer her version of it. I fully support your uh, calling out Dolly. Thank you. And then the other three, uh, I went in a little wackier direction. Monty Python's The Meaning of Life has a song called The Meaning of Life that opens that movie. Uh, Spaceballs actually has a song called Spaceballs. That's yeah, pretty funny. It's, it's a song that plays when uh, everything's going crazy at, towards the end of the movie. And Animal House. Oh. Very wacky theme song. That song was written by, during the movie when uh, there's a guy playing like a sappy folk song on the stairs of the animal house, uh, of the of the fraternity house in Belushi. Oh, the one Bluto uh, breaks? That, that's the guy who wrote that song. Oh, is that really? I don't think I knew that. Ah. He has a one, I think it's Stephen Bishop? Yes. Yes, that's his name. And he has a wonderful song, really one of my favorite one-hit wonder-esque songs called On and On. Beautiful song. I, I've heard it covered a few times by uh, Livingston Taylor, of all people. James Taylor's brother plays that song in concert. Uh, I liked it so much when I heard Livingston perform it that I uh, went at, like I went on to iTunes and I bought the original Stephen Bishop. Great song. If you ever have a chance, just a, an amazing light pop, light rock hit. Really pretty song. So uh, th- that was your 10? That was my 10. But I came up with another top 10. Oh, oh, oh. I came up with another top 10 here of, of movies that the movie is a character's name that I thought would be odd if they had a theme song with their name. That's a, that's a good top 10. I would, before you go into that, one song I would give an honorable mention to. Yeah, yeah, add, add on, add on. Against All Odds. Oh, by Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Yeah. And, and I know this is hard for anyone to believe. Phil Collins was huge. Oh, I love Phil Collins. I love Genesis and Phil Collins. I think Against All Odds was one of his first solo songs. Yeah, it was. And that was a, it was a Jeff Bridges movie. And that was early MTV where every movie seemed to have that song and they would have a video for it and it would be like close-ups of Phil Collins singing then interspersed with scenes from the movie. And I think the song and the video were much more popular than the movie. Yeah, I don't think the movie did anything. But yeah, it was a huge song. Really liked that song. A good Phil Collins tune and it sort of shows you how a guy who... Didn't have a great voice, wasn't like a charismatic performer, but he could put together some very good songs that just would connect with you. And I always like that tune. 
if I'm on an oldie station or an 80s station, I will stop and listen to Against All Odds. A fine addition to the list, absolutely. All right, but you have another top 10 list, and uh, give, give it to us one more time, the, the theme of this top 10. All right, so it's movies that also the name of the movie is a character, like Flash Gordon, but I thought it would be odd if they had a song that was named after that character like we just covered. All right, all right, I'm, I'm intrigued. So, Citizen Kane, I thought it would be strange if there was a song called Citizen Kane about Citizen Kane. Uh, Dr. Strangelove, Lincoln. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nixon. Oh, nobody wants to do a Nixon song. <laughs> Private Benjamin. Okay, okay. Now, now, this movie, because it's such a serious song, I thought it would be odd if Silkwood had a theme song uh, called Silkwood. Victor Victoria, Young Einstein. And now these other two are fitting only because I think it would be funny if the song included the full title of the movie, Bram Stoker's Dracula and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. The song would have to include the Bram Stoker and the Mary Shelley in the song. Uh, All right. Very good. You start off with uh, Citizen Kane. There was a song in Citizen Kane when they're having the big party scene at the beginning when they're sort of honoring Kane, the guy like introduces the character with this song. It's like, yeah, I bet you five, you, if you're alive, you know his name. Yeah, with, there's like a bunch of chorus girls singing it. Then that song was then covered by the White Stripes. There is a man, a certain man, and for the poor you may be sure that he'll do all he can. Who is this one? Whose favorite son? Just by his action has the traction magnets on the run. Who likes to smoke, enjoys a joke, and wouldn't get a bit upset if he were really broke. With wealth and fame, he's still the same. I'll bet you five is not alive if you don't know his name. Really? <laughs> yeah, on their big breakthrough album, White Blood Cells. That's hysterical. White Stripes is, it was an interesting band where they, they, they liked doing stuff like that, where they would, they also covered I Don't Know What to Do With Myself, which was a, like a little bit of an old standard song. So uh, you just reminded me of that. It was like, yeah, there was a Citizen Kane song that White Stripes did. It just doesn't even make any damn sense. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> I know I'm on a podcast. I'm supposed to be talking. I'm speechless. Well, we'll, we, we'll get a cricket sound effect or something that like supposed yeah. to <laughs> That, that's a good list. I think it's easier to do the title of a movie as a song if it's a group like Ghostbusters as opposed to a person. It's like, and I think, you know, uh, in addition to there, the movie Philadelphia had the Bruce Springsteen song, Philadelphia. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. An okay song. Uh, we've already had discussions this week about our different levels of fandom for the boss. Right. Uh, an okay song is one of those where it was an important movie and it was definitely come across as an important song and Bruce Springsteen was in a serious mode. I think that movie won an Os- won the Oscar that year for original song. I believe so. And and, and Tom Hanks, I know. Oh, oh, uh, yes, correct. Yes, I think you're right. One of those where it's like, it's an important song, it won an Oscar, and then later it's like, eh, it was okay. Just okay. That's another song I don't think he plays in concert. <laughs> of course, that's it, probably like a, just a downer. It's like, oh, I'm going to play this song about Tom Hanks dying. Like, Nobody wants to hear that. That could be the bathroom break song maybe <laughs> for everyone. But th- those are good lists. We'll have to do this on the regular if you're up for it. Every week we'll have to come up with a, like, a, a top 10 that you can uh, share with the audience. Oh, sure. I love lists. Oh, you're a list guy. 
I am a list guy. You and I are both, you know, roughly the same age. Both went through the uh, David Letterman years. Man, his top 10 lists were such a big deal. Comedy gold. Oh, you would talk about them with your friends at school the next day. Did you see the top 10 list last night? I owned like two or three books of his top 10 list, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could read through one of them in 15 minutes. It was like two bathrooms. Sure. <laughs> I went to college at Lockheaven University in the middle of Pennsylvania. I went to school to become an English teacher. My life went in a different direction, but that's here, neither here nor there. One of the projects I had to do for one of my teaching classes was you had to, they, we had a projector and you had to like make copies of something onto a, that could be on a projector and show how you can do a presentation. Everyone else was doing like projects associated with the subject matter or something important. And I was like, all right, well, here's a top 10 list from David Letterman. I was like, I don't take this serious enough, do I? <laughs> Very cool. So those are some great top 10 lists. Uh, this has been a great first week of doing the show on the regular, Eric. Yeah, thanks everyone for uh, coming to the first week. Obviously, the, the movie proper starts next week, so we'll be able to get much more into it. it, it this has been a fun warm-up, but let's be honest, Flash Gordon really doesn't begin until you see Flash Gordon. That's, that's coming soon. Do not worry. And before we sign off for the week, Eric, I'm going to completely surprise you with something. Do you have anything you would recommend for our listeners to check out for the long wait until we're back next week? Book, movie, comic uh, that they should be checking out. In connection to Flash Gordon or just anything? Just anything. Uh, well, you know what? Let's uh, First thing that pops in my head, because it's a movie that came out right around the same time as Flash Gordon and I've stayed a fan of for so many years. If you're of our age, I can't imagine you haven't seen this movie, but if you're younger, maybe you haven't. Clash of the Titans, the original. Oh. Harry Hamlin, go go rent and watch Clash of the Titans. Yeah, that is a good call out. You get Harry Hamlin, Bobo the Mechanical Owl. And, yep, uh, Bubo. Bubo. Bubo the Mechanical Owl. And Ray Harryhausen in, his, in all his glory with designing creatures and monsters. The first time I saw the crack and I was like, wow, that is amazing. Also funny because that was a PG movie back when there was only three ratings. It was G, PG, or R. I remember being pretty young and then watching this movie. It's like, whoa, that's a, that's a woman's n- naked rear end. Oh, yeah. I, rem- I remember that scene very well. <laughs> what? My parents just look at each other. It's like, ah, well, he saw that. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Well, now he's going to have questions. Yeah, that's a good movie. One that I would call out is, is a movie we've talked about already. Go see, uh, if you haven't had a chance, find Citizen Kane somewhere. They run it on some of the classic movie channels frequently. It's a movie that people are intimidated by, but it is an excellent, excellent movie. And try to remember when you see it that the filmwork in that movie was like nothing that anyone had ever seen before. The visual tricks that they use for Citizen Kane are still to this day ripped off all the time. Brilliant movie. Deserves its place as considered one of the greatest movies of all time. Rosebud. <laughs> All right, Eric, you got anything else for our listeners? I'm good for the week. All right. Well, uh, this has been a fun week. Forward to everyone coming back next week. Uh, if you have a chance, please uh, be sure you're subscribed. Rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, that helps uh, us get out to more and more people. Eric, why don't you uh, sign us off today? Send us an email at flashgordonminute at gmail.com. And if you do so, maybe he'll save every one of us. Attention, listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of 
Flash Gordon Minute.